up everybody this is episode 104 of cooldown time and in this episode xbox can't catch a break and we break down the redfall backlash and how this could be a sign of things to come plus playstation decided to drop another state of play showing off 20 fucking minutes of final fantasy <laughs> 16 and nintendo it didn't fall far behind they dropped the third and final tears of the kingdom trailer and I heard everybody <laughs> come in unison. I'm sorry. It was I beautiful. Can't, I can't keep it in. Oh, my we'll God. Talk, we'll talk about that a little later. And, of course, today's Checkpoint Chat, we're going to talk about 10 things in gaming nobody asked for and so much more. Yo, something so is really wrong with you, though. <laughs> Listen, the, the other guy on the other side is uh, your graphically impressive, Ooh. Marco, as always. But I am your technical mess of his show, Pablo, oh, in case man. you were wondering who was speaking into your ear holes. I don't think Marco, anyone was wondering, bro. No one was wondering, wondering who was who They were like, oh, no, everybody's wondering. Is That's why I came in my pants at 10 a.m. <laughs> Eastern uh, Standard Time. It's because of what I just saw, of what other people saw. You it did was, that, you know, and then apparently you cried afterwards. That's... that's <laughs> That's normal. I just I just needed a cigarette and a sandwich, and I would have <laughs> called that a perfect night. Marco, what's up, man? How you doing, brother? Big time in gaming. Just like a couple of months away from true greatness in video games. Uh, this is exciting times. How you doing? Yeah, man, I hope so. I mean, these these games are out here, and some of them are looking great. Some of them can't get to 60 frames per second. But, you know, other than that... Oh. Um, I am doing fine. Uh, things are going well, other than just completely being taken aback by how utterly absurd you are in podcast form. <laughs> but I shouldn't. I shouldn't be shocked at this stage of the game. But I, so for, for yeah, some man. reason, I I am at times. But I don't, I don't know when you're going to drop the random fucking in, in the middle of something anymore. So now I'm now I'm kind of yeah. scared for the rest of the episode. No, nah, man, I probably that's my, my only fucking that you're going to get throughout the episode here. Uh, okay. But, you know, it's 104 episodes, Marco. You should already know mm. that I uh, am psychotic in many, many ways um, when it comes to uh, podcasting. But, Marco, we, we got we got him on the hook. We got him on the hook, man. They're here where we're struggling, yeah, where we're getting them. They're listening. <laughs> tell them, tell the people who uh, are listening yeah. how... They can find us if they lost us somewhere, somehow. Uh, I mean, you're the one that's lost right now. You're the one that's lost <laughs> inside, in, in, in the brain cavity. But, you know, if you guys want to follow us and uh, stick with our show, we'd appreciate it very much. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or even our own official website at cooldowntime.com. And if you're feeling extra cool, you can also follow us on IG and Twitter at uh, It's Cooldown Time to keep us in your FOV in between these fucking episodes. <laughs> it's not as good as when That's you right. did it, man, because you hit a whole like falsetto that I can't get to unless I yeah, twist I my I, nipples. Uh, I went Joe I, I went Joe Pesci there. You uh, did. Weirdly enough. I can't I don't think I could even do it even if I tried again. But for those of you coming into the show because of the uh, uh Tears of the Kingdom news and all the stuff about Final Fantasy sixteen, 
quick rundown of what we do here. Our loadouts is our first thing that we do every day, every episode, and that's basically what we're doing, what we're playing, what we're watching. Uh, that is followed closely by hit points, which is the news of the week, and we cover that. For example, we're going to be covering the play the PlayStation State of Play, the, the Tears of the Kingdom, all that good stuff. We're going to be covering that in hit points, and then lastly, we have our checkpoint, which is a category in which we choose a topic and we talk about it, for example, worse who won at this moment in gaming history. All that is coming to you here fairly uh soon uh but we start we start the show as always with our loadouts all systems nominal loadouts ready marco you know why nope. don't i have you uh well i'm gonna t- i'm gonna tell you right now okay why don't um why don't we, uh, we have you start off kind of like uh loadouts today we don't have a lot of uh you know, things are about to come yeah, down the yeah. pike here, but we are playing some really interesting stuff. Uh, and I wanted to start with you because I know last week you teased what you were going to do. And so go ahead and give the people who uh, who are coming from last episode uh, the actuality. You gave the theory. Now give mm. the, the actuality of what, ac- what went down. Yeah, so here's the deal, y'all. I finished Resident Evil 4, and then I was like, what's my next main game going to be? And then I had this dilemma between, do I want to go back and revisit The Witcher 3, or do I want to go back and revisit God of War Ragnarok, because the new Game Plus came out recently. So I I had a little bit of dilemma, and I kind of left off last week saying, you know what, I'll let y'all know what I pick. And um, initially, I was going to go with God of War. I thought, you know what, that was a pretty hot take that I had for the Game of the Year discussion, how low I had it ranked on my personal list, blah, blah, blah. I downloaded it. I got like 10 minutes in, and I'm like, nope, too soon. I'm not ready for this right now because uh, right. I, I still think that I'm, I, I feel pretty similar, and then pieces of the story started to come back into focus again for me. I'm like, oh, that's right. Then this happens, and then there's this MacGuffin that they do, and ah, uh, no, I'm not ready for this yet. So I, I need yeah. to create more distance between myself and that game for a little longer before I revisit it. Um, so I ended up deciding to go to The Witcher Three Wild Hunt. Uh, I ended up deciding to work through just the Blood and Wine expansion um, instead of going back through the entire game. Um, and basically, my my objective was how well does The Witcher Three hold up in 2023? Um, it just got the PS5 and Series X updates. It's up to speed in terms of performance and such. But is it like, is it a game that feels like its age, or does it still kind of hang in in this era? And what I'll say after putting in a good amount of time is, the things that hold up are the story, the quests, the world, and the soundtrack. And what doesn't hold up is every damn thing else. <laughs> the, the combat feels yeah. so bad. The traversal, especially on horseback, it's like, oh my god, this is horrible. The difficulty is a surprising one for me. Like, I don't know what happened if I just, you know, if I'm not as invested as I was when I first played it, but this game is kicking my ass, um, and I'm pretty surprised about that. So, I don't know. I mean, the difficulty seems to be all over the map. The inventory and the skill tree systems, um, basically the stuff in the menus, just really, really old and archaic. That and, was oh man, that was always bad too. That's true. It, it yeah, just, that's true. Yeah. Even at the time, yeah, it, that was a little yeah. rickety. Um, yeah. So I, I gotta be honest in saying that my experience with this with this uh, comeback has been a little bit disappointing. Like I almost feel like I should have left 
I should have left it alone. I should have just left it in the past, let my nostalgia carry me. But man, coming back to this was a little rough, man. I, I um. So, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's up? Uh, when it comes to to kind of talking about our our top ten games of all time, I. I wonder what that really means. Does that mean a game that could stand the test of time or a game that at the time in which we played it impacted us in such a way that either carried us deeper into the gaming world or mm. awoken something within us in terms of what we like and don't like about games? Because I, I feel like more and more as, as time goes on, uh, we're going to start finding that the greatest games of all time that we choose to think that they may be start to maybe not feel as good anymore, especially right. with the more modern games because of just advancements on visual fidelity. So, for example, your your adventure through Witcher 3 or at least Blood and Wine, does that going to hurt the game in your top 10 list? It uh, did. It actually okay. did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so originally it was my seventh favorite game of all time but i bumped it down to 10th after this playthrough and then I, I don't know if i'll maybe bounce it back up again you know once i've kind of reconciled what i think about the game then and now but currently it's like man it's hard to put this over certain other games i i think to answer your bigger question obviously it's subjective and it's all like personal yeah. but i've learned through really debating my own list that the old games can't necessarily always be treated like sacred cows. Like uh, eventually, you know, they're probably going to be surpassed. And that's kind of what we hope for in the gaming industry. We want the yeah. newest stuff to outshine the old stuff. So I think it's inevitable that that's going to happen. Now there's cases where games that are just absolutely archaic as hell that are nowhere near what the standards are of modern gaming still hold a certain place in our hearts. So it can still be up high, but like there's cases like this where this game kind of came out in a weird time where it was still a little that old jank, but taking that yeah. turn into this more modern stuff. So it, it's kind of yeah. like right in the middle of that, um, th that transition in, in the industry. And so I think you can yeah. kind of feel it and I, I have to hold it against it to some extent, especially because, you know, they did, they did other quality of life improvements to this product and bringing it to the next gen consoles and I think they could have probably done more to, to make this feel a little bit better in 2023. And they just didn't do that. Now, I'm not saying yeah. that that means this diminishes The Witcher 3 permanently for me. It's still in my top 10 technically. But I do think that looking at other games that I played since then and even revisiting some games I played before then, I can kind of see now like, damn, you know, that probably shouldn't be where it was. Yeah. Um, well, but it's, me, it's all subjective, though, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, because for me, I, I, the way I look at it and the way I look at my list is kind of like games that, because of this game, other games that I like wouldn't exist or wouldn't have done it because, for example, The Witcher 3 and the Request system it still hasn't been matched. Very influential, in terms of yeah. How, how, yeah. yeah and, and still hasn't, in my opinion, been matched completely. So like the, that kind of stuff still kind of holds a, a place in my list in terms of it me giving it its flowers as to where it is. But mm. it's just curious because you're yeah. right. I, I think... I think um, you know, I think Breath of the Wild is a better game than uh, than Ocarina. Um, the Ocarina, but like it's kind of like Ocarina for me is a very special game in my heart. That's a perfect it's example. Actually, of what I mean, yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, it's the actually one of the it's one of the first games ever to really introduce kind of it, like an open yeah. world. Like so it's there's a lot of that stuff going for it. So yeah, but I, I, I totally agree with that. So yeah. yeah, but again, everybody's going to measure it differently. Um but yeah. I, I think I, I think games coming out in twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four and beyond will have an upper hand on all their games. Uh, That's just the way this is because yeah. yeah. the system yeah, the the the, the industry is progressing for mm-hmm. sure. So yeah. Yeah, so then um, after that, um, you know, I, we had talked about Resident Evil 4 over the last few weeks, and one of the things that we had kind of debated a little bit was, where does it sort of yeah. stack up with RE2 Remake? And, um, you know, I think mm. at the time last week, and I know you'll tag in and talk about your experience with RE4 since last week, but I wanted to kind of take that test. I wanted to kind of see, okay, I just beat RE4. Let me download Resident Evil 2 Remake and let me play it all the way through. So I actually powered through that and I finished the game again. Oh, wow. I already okay. did, yeah. So I'm done with it. And I've kind of broke it down a little bit um, in different categories. And I'll run through these very quickly because I don't want to dwell on this too long. But I broke it down like this. I have visuals and presentation going to RE4. It's obviously the newer game. A few more bells and whistles there. So I'll give the nod there. Environments. That being, you know, the village or like the police station. I have it actually as a tie because I think that what I love about RE4 is its variety. But what I love about RE2 is how it's iconic that location is like you were talking about. Um, combat I have as RE4. I think it's much more dynamic. I've talked about that already. I also have boss fights slightly going to RE4. Uh, it doesn't have the like Mr. X kind of thing going on like, like RE2 does. But I think that the boss fights in Resident Evil 4 to me... While not like over the moon amazing, I think they were better than two. Um, characters I give to RE2, though. I think that was just a better cast all around. A lot of very important uh, players in, in, in the whole story that were all featured in RE2, whereas 4 is very much the Leon and Ashley show with yeah. like cameos from Ada and, and whomever. Um, pacing and exploration, I say, is it's high because I, I love the puzzle solving stuff of the police station, but I also love the village and all the variety that comes through in RE4 and I have sound design going to RE4. So basically uh, RE4 to me gets the nod, but RE2 is, it's not a landslide win at all. It may seem that way, but a lot of those categories, I feel like RE4 just edged out RE2 uh, in my opinion. So, but yeah, that's kind of what I was up to. Yeah, I, I'm continuing my playthrough to Resident, uh, Resident Evil 4. Uh, I'm, I'm playing a little bit at snail's pace, and that's more because of uh, home stuff, you know, with the kid and all that. And whatever, whenever I'm not playing Resident Evil 4, I'm still playing uh, Rainbow Six Siege with Marco. So, you know, the, it's filling a lot of time, my gaming time with that, which I'm not complaining. I love that game. But Resident Evil 4, I, um, it's funny that you, you compared those two, because I... The more I play it, the more I land on the Resident Evil 4 being the better game. Mm. Uh, and I think one of the things that I feel uh, that really solidified that for me was the moment in the library with Ashley playing as Ashley and how how different that felt from everything else that I was doing in RE4 uh, and how puzzle-orientated and how helpless you were and, and, and how those enemies really felt like these incredibly uh, um, terrifying uh, oh, man. men like these, these you know, parasites in armor just kind of coming for your neck and the fact that, you know, you can freeze them with that light and they're just 
frozen mm-hmm. there in place, right? It, it, it's a sense of, of, of like just, and that's what I love about Resident Evil uh, is when they put you in one place and then they create this incredible ambiance and this incredible environment where it's like incredibly scary. That's my, like for me, I would put like environments for RE2 just because of the one location, how they were able to kind of make that the thing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. But, um, but then, then the thing that, again, that really just kind of, I was like, damn, this game really is operating on is operating on a lot of levels. Is when you go back, you can go back as Leon to that same library section, and it's a completely different game. Exactly. The the the, the en- enemy is not even that terrifying because you can take them out pretty good, pretty mm-hmm. easily. Uh, there's no puzzles to be had, so you're kind of zooming through everything. It's a whole different uh, experience, and you know that that really kind of that moment. If it had me teetering on, oh, I'm loving the game. I don't know if I'm in love with the game. That moment really solidified my love for Resident Evil 4 and kind of gave it the nod of it being the best remake of the three remakes so far that they've done. Mm. Uh, And and ever since that point, in fact, the game has ramped up to just, just... kind of just kind of incredible levels even of storytelling corny shit that's happening but the stuff with Lewis and uh, Luis and and and, um Krauser spoiler or Krauser and all Mm -hmm. that stuff that happens all that stuff is is like it's like it's it was a little touching and a little bit kind of like no like and then Krauser coming in you're not knowing who Krauser was I wish they did a little bit more in terms of like kind of showing you more even having maybe a bit of gameplay like a flashback or something that really mm. uh, you know gave you that um, that context but regardless Krauser's only been like in two or three scenes so far and he's already like killing it, stealing the show so I I really enjoy a lot what the game is doing I love it I Resident Evil 4 that moment really solidified uh, everything for me when it comes to this game now you did scare me away from The Witcher 3 because I am looking to, I was looking to get into CD, uh, to, to Witcher 3, Blood and Wine as well, just because my time between now and Jedi Survivor and, uh, and, 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 um, and Tears of the Kingdom, I wasn't sure, you know, I wanted something to fill that time. Um, and what I ended up doing is going back to Cyberpunk 2077, uh, a game that I played and I loved immensely, but it is a game that I've only played the one time completely through and never gave it the proper uh chance as the when the the next gen upgrade came out oh wow and i so, thought you came back to yeah. it already but you had you I, haven't I touched did, it since I, 2020 no 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 i i came back when the cyberpunk 2077 came the 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 next gen oh, upgrade oh, oh, came okay, in but i okay. did i barely played it and i played as male v anyway i think oh, I, I just it. went back to what i know uh what i did is i went back and i played as female v um uh, and uh and I won't go to him death and I'm like, uh, oh, it looks so much better because it does. But uh, but the sense of place in the world building that CDPR did in those opening hours is honestly kind of astounding. Uh, regardless of the life path that you pick, it might seem like it's completely different, but it all leads to the same point. However... All that is so well done, especially if you played it for the first time. The the little thing with Jackie and the little montage, that stuff is so fun. Mm-hmm. And, and they really build a relationship with Jackie in such a small amount of time. G- gameplay is really nice. Playing hundreds upon hundreds of hours of Rainbow Six Siege is hard to kind of let go of that first, uh, you know, first person shooter kind of thing. But surprisingly enough, CDPR um, uh, Cyberpunk does a good job with the shooting. It even has an auto an auto uh, lean system yep. that I thought was right at 
home with Rainbow Six. I'm like, oh, I know this so well. <laughs> I don't think I ever shot a gun in Rainbow Six straight. Uh, 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 gameplay is really nice. I mean, uh, my biggest takeaway after going through the uh, through this game again is how good the gameplay feels, uh, especially uh, hand to hand combat, the blades, all that stuff is really good. Um, and there's always kind of uh, a bit of grace that you give to these games when it comes to the shooting mechanic. But really, it, I think that's an under it's a underappreciated thing that CDPR does with their with their game with, with Cyberpunk specifically. It's that shooting, uh, yeah. But female V, let me tell you guys, it's not even close. Uh, her performance is absolutely uh, astounding. It's, uh, it's it really uh, you get the emotionality of the situation in ways that you did not get with male V. Like a uh, quick spoiler here: when Jackie Wells dies. Uh, there's a moment that you get to, to kind of uh, say something to him and yep. the line is see you in the major leagues right yep when I as as male V that, that line just came out so like yeah it was very stoic was just try- see you in it the big stoic. leagues it was stoic he was yeah, it's like Sylvester Stallone yeah. uh, see you in the big <laughs> leagues like it was very bad but with her there was an emotion in her voice and then every time she gets upset and is screaming at people, it is done in such a fucking amazing way. Like, that, the performance, it should have just been the female V. I mean, it just, yeah. that just makes it much, so much sense because the male V is just so, like, it's such a it's throwaway. It's so campy. It's, it almost detracts yeah. from the writing. Yeah, it, it really does. And the writing is not bad at all in this no, game. No, no, no. It's the, not, no. And the questing is done so well. Uh, I... I I am about ten hours in already. Uh, no. I kind of like right. I kind of like really fell into it again, uh, and uh, there's there's just so much this game does. It's so incredible, and I, I can't wait to kind of keep picking away at it as the year goes by. I think I, I think it's a game that I really want to start playing it in a different way that I played it originally, and kind of get to the side quest that I might have not touched uh, for fear of the game crashing on me. Uh, That's true. Because That's of very certain true. things, uh, I play that game with urgency because I'm like, oh no, it's gonna crash any at any moment. Yeah, but man. now that I that stable, I, I'm really looking forward to 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 what this game brings. And I've already made really different choices, so I'm really excited as to how that plays out. Yeah. Uh, I'm really yeah, curious. That, that, I'm curious to know where you're going to end up sitting that on your like all-time list because I feel like it's going to keep climbing for you a little bit. I don't think it's going to get to your top 10 by any means, but I think it's going to end up kind of in a decent spot, right? Yeah. I, the more I play it, the more the assertion that this is like Fallout goes away. I think there's some Fallout to it, but there's a uniqueness to this game that mm-hmm. doesn't isn't really like other RPGs. Uh, and I don't know if that's just kind of like It feels more world, like an immersive but- sim than an RPG. Yeah, it really does. It, it really does. I mean, just I mean, I'm walking down the street. I jumped over this fence, and I'm in this place where these, all these uh, uh, gang members are lined up, and there's a guy in his knees, and he's like, "Fuck it," and he shoots him in the head. Like as soon as I jump over the thing, and I'm like, <laughs> I literally walked into the middle of a gang yeah. uh, slaying, and I have no idea what's happening. So little things like that that are happening throughout the game, uh, and of course, goes without saying, game is stable. You can play it. And, and, and it looks really good. No doubt. But yeah, that that's where I'm at. Uh, anything else you want to add nice, to our man. No, I'm just looking forward to seeing more of the uh, the DLC, the Phantom Liberty DLC. I cannot that's why, wait. And that's why I played it, because I only played on PS5, and then I was a little shyster, booger, son of a bitch. I returned the game <laughs> after I beat it, because you still could. Uh, you get your money back. <laughs> shyster booger, uh, though, bro. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, you know how it is. Uh, so I... Um, <laughs> Now I have it on Xbox and uh, can't wait for the DLC to come out. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. that. That should really... I hope that's Cyberpunk's Blood and Wine. Come on. I really hope that, that. that's what that is. 
Yeah, we yeah, need man. it. We need it. All right, so let's go ahead and move into the news segment of the show that we call Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Yeah. Super exciting hit points today. Marco, why don't you start us off with uh, the big my one. favorite. Yeah. The big one. Yeah. My favorite thing that happened this week so far. Go ahead. Well, it's plain and simple, man. The final trailer for The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom dropped. So I want us to talk about it. Let's unpack what we saw and uh, let's give our final hype score for the game uh, before it comes out in a few more weeks. So I, I want to kick it over to you first, obviously. You're, yeah. the, you're, the, you're Zelda McGee. Uh, so should I give the hype score now? Yeah, go for it. Then walk me yeah, through Yeah, I mean, it. it's a five. It's a five. It's a it's a five. Okay. It's it's been it's been a five since the potential, you know, mm-hmm. existence of a sequel. It's always going to be a five. I want I, I want uh, you to walk me through the emotional experience of this trailer. Yeah, for man. You. I mean, look, you, you texted you, they, me about how you kind of how you kind of went through it all. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, obviously they they announced it early, ten a.m. I watched it a little bit after ten a.m. Um, was doing some work stuff, and then I watched I watched the whole trailer and. It was just kind of like in the amalgamation of all the things that I've ever wanted from a Zelda game seemingly coming through in this trailer. Like a story that is worth uh, my time. Uh, an advancement in gameplay that was already uh, given to us through Breath of the Wild, but now uh, in this world, in this world that seems to be similar but very different at the same time, and then showcasing, teasing possible real world big massive dungeons and then walking into that throne room and then seeing zelda and just kind of her being kneeling down and 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 just kind of like uh, them talking about link in such a an incredible poetic way i got i got a little emotional man it was just kind of like these are the this is the reverence i've always had for the franchise that i felt the franchise has never given to itself within the game like it's always like yeah we know you guys love us but this is like that reverence to the to to the zelda world and it's all here in this package and it's like it's like everybody's here it's like the the smash brothers uh uh trailer reveal where it's like it's it's all the champions from the previous games ganondorf ganon ganondorf has ganondorf hasn't been a main villain in the zelda game for 17 fucking years and people still talk about ganondorf and he's finally back it's usually ganon there was a lot of um there was a lot of speculation that have been demise which is the predecessor to ganondorf which is like the 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 main bad guy in um in skyward sword he's the one that comes before uh ganon and ganondorf and so people thought it was demise it still could be demise the 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 there's a there's a little portion of the trailer that shows the back of a red flowing kind of like i was gonna ask you about that yeah i was gonna ask you that that that's how demise look we don't know if that's a a a a a flashback to telling a story or something Hmm. uh but there's a there's so much here to kind of unpack there uh one of the things that i really was uh excited about was the story which you showed a lot of but kind of they showcase hyrule and what it's going through things are falling from the sky things are coming up from the from the ground it's changing things i know i i saw a breakdown a quick breakdown of people looking at the areas in the game comparing it to the areas in breath of the wild and they couldn't find a one for one so already showcasing some changes i'm sure there's going to be moments in areas that are 
are going to look like Breath of the Wild. But they did a good job in showing, hey, listen, this is the same map, but there's going to be some differences here, which, you know, I, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, a lot of world events happening, changing the map itself. It, it looks like that's going to be a constant um, thing that happens here. Uh, and most importantly, the dungeons. I think we saw some dungeons there, man. We saw some stuff there that was um, coming up from the ground that looked like an underworld. Uh, some some gameplay mechanics that looked like you know going through some certain obstacles. Uh, yeah. You know, using these water bubbles to get around. It, they all those look very much like dungeon ass. Uh, gameplay moments mm. that you you've known from other games, uh, but man, it, it's just for me. It just it really just is an amalgamation of all those things coming together, and just just an epic fucking trailer. Just just the music. The music is was absolutely like just some of the best music I've ever heard in terms of how it was composed and making Breath of the Wild theme, which is only a six year old theme, iconic and legendary in a way where. I felt like I was listening to the uh, the the intro to 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 uh, uh, to Ocarina of Time or something like that. Something that's truly iconic. Yeah, they really made this into just it. It, did, I, it, it really just it didn't need to sell me, but it just really put me in a position where I was. Uh, this is my most anticipated game probably ever. Like in terms of because mm. I, I I if you're gonna tell me hey we're gonna deliver to you a game that has all the things that you possibly want and and again. I'm going off what the trailer is telling me, you know, in terms of what it's showing me. So I'm going off of that. It could very much so disappoint me in the story department, and, and, and but I'm just going off of that. And, and, and if somebody told me this is a story-orientated Zelda game with with giving you Ganondorf, giving you the reverence of the, 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 the Hyrule Castle and the princess and, and Link and his story and how he impacts the world and how important he is to Hyrule and how important he is to Zelda and all that happening <laughs> and the champions coming, all that shit. If, I, of course I would want this more than anything. But, you know... Uh, yeah, but I'm curious to see if I can talk about this for hours, but I'm curious to see, uh, has this changed your opinion at all uh, that you had? And I don't, I wouldn't say it was a bad opinion. It's just that you had some thoughts. I wonder if that changed or they're about the same and what's your hype level? What do you got, Marco? Boy, you are a Zelda fan, bro. <laughs> I <laughs> love that. Lord. Um, I expected as much. I expected that, that, that reaction. Um, here's what I'll say. I think... And take this for whatever it's worth, I guess. But I've seen I've seen them all. But I think that out of all the trailers I've ever seen for Zelda, this is probably the best one ever, in my yeah. opinion. Oh yeah. Some of them are very iconic. I know that Ocarina of Time is has a very iconic one. Twilight Princess, going back to a more realistic art style, was like you know getting roars from the audience. I remember that too. This to me was just absolute perfection in trailer form. Um, and there's so many things in here that can be sort of dissected. And oh, yeah. oh, I wonder what that is. I wonder what that does. I will say that this was what I needed. Um, okay. Yeah. That I didn't feel like I got from that 10 minute gameplay demo. Um, I felt like that gameplay demonstration just didn't show enough of what I felt was most important to figuring out what the hell this game even is about in the first place. And to me, this yeah. trailer answered just about all those questions with maybe one disappointment, which I'll get into. But I think obviously from the, from the get go, 
the breathtaking scope from scene one. Uh, I, I also yeah, loved seeing gosh. the enemies uh, engaging in like combat amongst themselves. Yeah, and, yeah. Like there one was of them that. was cutting a tree too, so they had like they're doing their own yeah. little activities. It's showing like there's they they put a little more life into into yeah. these characters. They're not just walking around for you know no purpose whatsoever. Um, the village Hatino village is is, is thriving. Yes. Like you know there's a, like yeah, a lot of commotion. Yeah, yeah. The, the the villages seem like they're really bustling, which is good. Uh, the crafting constructs. There was a giant like vehicle that was like a yeah. tower that they were moving. Uh, I thought that was a really a little, interesting show off. It had like a little arm. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that that's what I wanted to see more of. Like, okay, am I just making boats and and like random things, or how how like how far can I go with that? And this kind of showed a little bit more of like yeah. what you can do with with the tool set. Uh, which I find interesting. Obviously, the dungeons making a comeback potentially. It seems like it's you know, kind of yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty exciting coming from two people here that didn't exactly love what they did with uh, right uh, in Breath of the Wild. I think the cinematic flair of the trailer is really good too. I loved the way it was cut and put together. I will say though, I'm not I'm not fooled though when it comes to the storytelling. I I, I it felt like the same kind of energy I got from Breath of the Wild, where they kind of show you footage of like the story and the cutscenes, but then you realize when you play the game that that's kind of all it was. You know, like that's my fear with this too, where yeah. what we're seeing is all that there really is to 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 to, so, to do here. My counter to that is all of those story elements that we saw in Breath of the Wild were flashbacks. Uh the counter to that is that everything that we're seeing here seems to be presently happening, you know, yeah. uh, from them flying the sky and it's like, let's go. And then, you know, link following, like all that seems to be mm. cinematics within the game in yeah. terms of how events, uh, uh, unfold. Sure. In breath of the wild, it was all like, find this place thing. And then you got to look a little video, like little cutscene that was cute. And it was more than, in terms because his voice acted so that was new but yeah it was non-existent that's where that's where i'm at with as to why i feel like maybe it's a little more than that but you could totally be right and i i wouldn't be that surprised yeah and it, even even then i think my other criticism is i didn't feel the same sense of gravitas that i think other people did with the dialogue i think it was just a lot of it was like five different ways of saying we need link uh, is, is all I really oh, felt yeah. from that. Uh, so it didn't feel super impactful. It didn't feel like there was like a real story of Link to decide. So I, I do disagree there that there's, I don't think it's a very, I don't think we're in, in store for an in-depth story. I think it's going to be very boilerplate again, to be honest. Well, well in, the Zelda, in the Zelda games, um, like the the story, was they're never really in depth. My, my thing is what I'm looking for is connective tissue. Like we have Ganondorf, uh, we have the champions back. We have that that voice as telling that we need Link. Like I just want connections to old games, because uh, this is supposed to be. I think this is the furthest game down on the in the timeline. So how did Ganondorf come back? Mm-hmm. It, it does it have to do with something with the with the Seven Sages. What are the tears of the kingdom? Yeah, uh, I get that. I get that. A lot of stuff. One of the things that I will point out is Zelda does look prime like to be a playable character because there's even a, a portion in the trailer where she's pulling the Master Sword out herself and says a, a line along the lines, this is something only I can do. I wonder if there's a twist. I still wonder if there's a twist coming in the game. I think there is. Where either 
either you switch as, to play as her, or maybe the end game, maybe Link dies at the end of the game, and then you play the rest of the end game as Zelda. Uh, yeah, something's up there. Yeah, There's something something's up. up. I thought it was yeah. like a time jump thing initially, but now I'm not so sure. Time travel. Um, time travel is a massive part of yeah, of, of it goes of hand in the hand. Zelda franchise. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say, I, I uh, as far as my my hype score goes, I think I'm at a four now. Um, I'm definitely okay. much yeah, more right. confident than I was after the 10 minute gameplay demonstration. I thought that was, you know, sorry to say, but I think that was a little sleepy for me. Uh, whereas I think this kind of brought back a lot of the bombast, a lot of like the scale. Um, the, the locations that we saw in those brief glimpses were really interesting to look at. And uh, it seems like it is a, a very much like we're rallying the troops to do this thing type of energy yeah. with with uh, with Lincoln and a lot of those extra characters around. I also saw them fighting together at one point, too. Yeah, I wonder I wonder, I wonder this multiplayer because there's even I don't know about even that. A, I would say yeah, probably but AI, I wonder like but... a mode like an arena, like an arena mode or no, something like a combat. It's hard because to there's a moment in there's a moment in the game where Link is literally on uh, Epona uh with a cart behind him like he's literally carting the npcs around yep. which is really exactly. really dope like crazy taxi uh, like, back like in a red De- like like red dead redemption <laughs> you know bit. uh like a red dead redemption cyclist and then the the rocket that they showed they showed so many cool so much yeah, cool dude. shit a lot of platforming uh, actually which was kind yeah. of interesting too yeah like zero gravity platforming mm-hmm. all the way up there there yeah. was a ship in the sky i wonder if there's a traversal up there as well in terms of like uh, uh of like find the ship the whole thing where you were on the on, on the rails like on the oh yeah like on a cart yeah and, and that was like you know that's cool it's um, got a lot going on yeah, man. man it is a very diverse game and that's what i that's what i wanted to see i wanted to see like okay are we just running around the same world and we're just crafting shit this time or what do you got under the you know under the hood here but yeah now i think most of those questions are answered now i think i'm just mostly curious about the storytelling and if that's going to be anything worth writing home about but yeah overall i'm definitely out of four and i'm looking forward to playing it when it drops yeah yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I think that the tra- what this trailer does is a lot more Breath of the Wild, where the, the the building stuff and the crafting stuff they talked about for ten minutes are things are mechanics that they're showing you, but they're not they're not must dos in order to finish the game or enjoy the game. They're just things that you can do. Yeah, and that's that and that is relieving as well because I, I don't want to I, I don't want to spend you know hours and hours of crafting shit just to get across the river. To that's what I was saying last level. time. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I, I get it, but and I, I never thought that was the case. But I'm glad that this trailer kind of solidifies. Like, this is just Zelda, and you can play it the way you want. But also, we have these things that you can do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, moving on. Anything else? Anything else you want to say? You said uh, hype, hype score four. Yeah, mine's hype at score five. Four, man. Well, I mean, the hits keep on coming because Sony did their state of play and it was just 20 minutes of final fantasy 16 so what do we think about this game is how, how it's shaping up what it's looking like and what our hype level uh score is marco why don't you start us off yeah so this was kind of weird for me because i have been trying to go on a blackout with all media of of this game but i think i was kind of ready to just kind of see it you know, in its full extent and just get an understanding of exactly what this game is. Cause I feel like the drawback yeah. of, of going on a media blackout is you have to rely on a lot of secondhand accounts of what people are saying. And with this game, it seemed like there was a lot of people that were like, Oh, it's not final fantasy anymore. Cause it's, it's an action RPG now. And a lot of people are like, no, but it still feels like final fantasy. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm buying the game anyway, but let me be the judge. Um, 
I will yeah, say I saw you already pre-ordered it. Oh, I did. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, yeah um, I saw. I know. I saw the shows. Show yep, me. yep. I um, I am a bit taken aback by how much of a departure this is. I won't lie. Uh, it does feel different, but I think that everything this game did in that twenty some odd minutes felt like to me like the logical next step for Final Fantasy. Um. Yes, it's lacking the signature, like, you know, here's your party of four people standing in a row, fighting the other enemy on the other side. Like, it doesn't have that same turn-based appeal. But Final Fantasy's been moving away from that anyway, especially when you think about the Final Fantasy VII remake and what that introduced um, to the fold. So I, I'm not... It's it's polarizing, but it's not a turnoff to me at all. In fact, it just makes me more curious because a lot of that looked like a lot of quality of life improvements too. Easy access to inventory and, and uh, magic and powers all seem to be very accessible and intuitive. Uh, the menus look really good. It seems everything's very clean. Uh, has a lot of interesting accessibility options for people, which I think is really awesome and it doesn't get enough love when, when studios do that. I think that's great. Um, that they have made a, a versatile experience for people that want different experiences um, based on certain capabilities. Um, I think the storytelling looks really interesting and dynamic. A um, couple of cringe moments here and there with the with the dialogue, but um, that's kind of par for the course for Final Fantasy, so I'm not too put off by that. Um, I was I was impressed by how little cringe there was, considering the setting and how it can be bad. That's true. And how little cringe there was. Yeah, to it. yeah. And it is. Yeah, it, it could have been much worse for sure. Um, I, I think that the thing that it, the, the combat. Um, I think it's gonna have to be a case of you know I'll I'll see I'll see how I feel when I play it, but what I'll say optically is that it is kind of visual overload. Um, there's a lot of things happening. It's a lot of slashing and slicing and it's very, there's a lot of flair and a lot of bombast in the, in the combat. It almost reminds me of tales of Arise in a way where it's just like neon beams and explosions. And it's, it's just like or a bay, light, it, it's a light show, you know? So yeah. I, I don't know what we're looking at in terms of like, is this what, what you can do when you have like the full suite of powers at your disposal or, you know, do you build up to that point? throughout you know the early stages of the game like it just looked like a lot that's all i'll say um so it was a little hard to keep track of what was going on at certain points during the gameplay like man this is just everything is happening right now and it, it, i don't know like what's actually going on but i will say that besides that everything that i saw looked clean looked really polished looked really interesting um so my hype score is also a four for this one actually yeah, um, I just saw it before we started, and it, it's hard for me to not be excited for this game. I, I think that everything that this game showed was, like, fucking breathtaking. Like, my mouth, my jaw was open when I was seeing the areas that you're exploring and how beautiful it looks. Mm -hmm. I think Final Fantasy as a series is special because... I don't know if this is the natural evolution of Final Fantasy, but I feel like Final Fantasy 16 and the in the setting that it's in, this is the way that you should be playing this game. Like, you know, in terms of like an action RPG. I think Final Fantasy is unique in that it can go back to Final Fantasy 17 and be a turn-based game if, it, if, if they did it the right way. You know, th that's always a possibility. But I, I think that this is their ultimate 
like they, they flirted with it with Final Fantasy 15 and 7 but this is the that step where they even said an, an action an adventure game an action adventure game with RPG elements right. they were very specific in saying that which you would never hear anybody say about a Final Fantasy game it's first and foremost a RPG game but now that's flipped and I think it looks great I, I, I agree I think visually though there's a lot going on what I do appreciate though is that the game is absolutely customizable in that front like you can play the game any way you want in terms of the uh the the battle like you can do auto um auto block and auto uh yeah. how do you call that move uh, uh auto evade yeah yeah uh yeah. yeah you can do all that you can even have the game basically play itself uh you can do all the low all the rpg elements of like low like what do i pick for an uh level up you can do you can automatically put that down as well like there's a lot of things that you can do here uh, that is going to streamline the the combat for you. Whether or not you want to be fully immersed in there and play it like a, a real action adventure, or kind of still have the auto things happen, like mm-hmm. auto evade and stuff like that. That it's not completely gone from from the game, and I think it's really smart. My only fear for the game is the repetitive repetitiveness, like Tales of Arise in combat scenarios, where beautiful place, what a great location. And then it's just basically a large combat arena where I'm fighting all these enemies and then moving a little bit forward and then more enemies like when it gets to that combat. And my second fear is of the um, too much to do. Like that map opens up and there's like a lot mm. of little side quests and I don't want to get bogged down in, a, in all that. I did uh, like that they had it organized pretty well in the menus, though. It's like if you if you go yeah. to this location, here are the quests that are available there. You know, it's very direct. Yeah. Like this and is what not- you can do here. And you know. Right, that's true. That's true, and it's not open world, which is right. good. And yeah. I think for for what this game is trying to strive for, um, my hype level is four as well. I mean, I would I would even go as high as five if I'm really looking at just kind of like the bombast and just the setting. And I really fucking like the the story. I think I, I'm a like Game of Thrones fan, and I think they really do a really good job. I think Clive as a character name is fucking stupid, but you know we're gonna give him a pass. <laughs> you know, uh, you see him in his twenties, you see him in his teens, and you see him in his thirties. I hate. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I do hate how they portray 30-year-olds in this game. They're just <laughs> old, grumpy motherfuckers. He's yeah. like, what? I'm like, sure, they're not all like that. But Actually, they are. But, uh, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm I'm excited for this. I mean, uh, May, uh, uh, we have uh, Breath of, we have uh, Tears of the Kingdom, and then in June, we have this and Diablo 4. I think uh, it's uh, I think it's safe to say that, that Zelda and Final Fantasy are gonna deliver. I, I'm very confident they're gonna pull through and Yeah, I think I think yeah. so too. I think they're gonna deliver in what they're uh striving for, exactly. what they're trying to achieve. And that's and that's all you can ask for. The dev to have a vision yeah. and like, execute on that vision. I totally and agree. And I'm really excited for that. Now, yeah. yeah. PlayStation cooking, Nintendo's cooking. Yeah. And then there's Xbox. So let's- <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, <laughs> let's talk about that. Let's talk about Arcane Studios, which uh, they've announced that Redfall will only launch with a 30 frames per second, uh, 30, uh, 30 FPS quality mode, uh, and that a 60 frames uh, performance mode is arrived at a later date. How do you fuck this up? How do you let this happen? Uh 
what's our hopes and what does this do for down the line for xbox what exactly is happening over there and is this going to affect starfield in any way are starfield going to come out and not give you options at, at a 60 frames per second there's so many questions here so much like it's a head scratcher really because there's just so much to unpack here marco I, I want you to go ahead you've been really critical about xbox uh rightfully so um in terms of what they've been doing but you've you you you're the only one that i know that's been hypercritical of arcane yeah. uh, for other reasons uh but now this is your time buddy uh they do they're really fucking up now what do you got man what, what do you think about all this yeah i mean i take no pleasure in saying this but um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this is uh Dear God, what what can go wrong will go wrong if you're Xbox. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's so bad. Um, this is frustrating on so many levels, but it's also something that throughout the course of our show, uh, I have been trying to nudge and nudge and nudge the community about. Xbox is kind of dwindling a little bit, y'all, and and a lot of people have to see the fire before they panic some people are content with the smoke and i saw the i smelled the smoke a long time ago like that something is just not right here from the moment the series x launched to now it just feels like there's been a litany of errors and unfortunately this is the next error in a long line of other ones now i hope to god that by the time this goes up or shortly thereafter they announce that this gets delayed because that is arguably the only real option I think that can make this game as meaningful as Xbox wants it to be for their portfolio because otherwise this is totally being set up for failure. It starts with the poor marketing rollout that it's had and all the months that we spent not knowing what the fuck this game even was. Then it gets delayed to 2023 then you have IGN bungling their coverage of the game by putting yeah. people in front of the game that don't know how to play a first-person shooter to save their life. So now it's being misrepresented that way. Then you're misrepresenting your own damn game by demonstrating the game at 60 frames per second. And then it's not anymore. And then on top of all that, you're sandwiching the game between Star Wars and Zelda. Two pretty big IP. Uh, so what are you doing? Is the, is the question here and I don't think that I don't think that anybody at Xbox really understands the gravity of this now what I think they tried to do here Pablo is I think they knew with the state of play coming with Zelda coming this week let's bury this underneath all that hype let's just we fucked up yeah. and here's and then we get distracted by Zelda and, and Final Fantasy and we just kind of forget we didn't forget that um, no. th this is embarrassing if you're Xbox and if you're Arcane Studios. And this just does nothing but perpetuate the criticism about Xbox being having poorly managed first parties, constantly having trouble getting their marquee first party, big budget, AAA games out in good condition. This diminishes a lot of what makes the Series X and S what they are, particularly the X, because of the way they market it as being the most powerful console, you're not getting enough juice out of this. Uh, you're not showing people what this hardware can really do. It's not even like this is in Unreal Engine 5. It's UE4. So it's we can't even say, oh, it's because they're getting used to this, that, and the third. It's not even that. This is just 
another example among but, many other examples, and it's exhausting. We can keep calling it self-inflicted wounds, but this is like, this is like console suicide <laughs> to me, man. It's like how how far can you seriously keep going like this? Like, you're either gonna keep shitting the bed or you're gonna change the sheets. But something's yeah. got to give. Something's got to give at some point, and it's just it it continues to not happen. So it makes me worried for Starfield. It makes me worried for a lot more than just Starfield, to be honest with you, because it's another domino that's fallen against Xbox. But just, that's I, my opening thing. Let me kick uh, it to you. No, nah, th- no, that's a good opening salvo. But I, I think for me, I, I, I think that the Xbox has a problem, and it's the Xbox Series S. Uh, I, I think you're making these developers have to develop for a really powerful Xbox and then not so powerful Xbox. But really what this comes down to is is choice and the fact that they're not giving you the ability to, to, to play the game at 1440p 60 frames on Xbox Series or even 1080p 60 frames. Like, this, this goes to show that this isn't about optimizing 4K with 60. This goes a little deeper. They, they're having a CPU issue, a CPU issue or, or something along the lines that they can't get this game to run at 60. And apparently, this isn't even new. Uh, Redfall was apparently running at 60 frames in previews but barely maintained its frame rate. Xbox community folks were out there and did not talk about how the game was not running at 60 consistently. I only heard one person say it and that was like Matty Plays, I think. Was yeah, the only yeah. And, and, but for most of the saying because they said quote that they chalked it up to just optimization issues that's not what that that's not what previews are man you have to talk about what they show you this this blindsided a lot of people me because i'm thinking but people just previewed it and they were playing it at 60 and nobody talked like if it was anything wrong with it and uh, you know then it comes to show that it is graphic and there's also graphical and texture issues that were very prevalent so i get why they would release the game because first a time impression impression they don't want people talking shit about the game looking like ass it's already not looking great graphically it's not their it's not their powerhouse but then on top of that you know they don't want any frame issues not that's not good enough i i a, a game coming out only on quote unquote next gen consoles running only at 30 frames that's that's ridiculous to me because there's a there's a promise we're not entitled gamers sitting here saying i want my games at 60 no no no. we are expecting what they already told us they told us that these consoles were going to run at 60 frames natively that that it was 4k native you know they they have these specific promises that they made that we're still waiting for them to come into into uh, into fruition you know and and that's not what's happening here you know it's 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 really just xbox at this point death by a thousand gashes because they're just out here sitting and, and just cutting themselves up and just bleeding everywhere they really can't get a hold of it they don't know what's happening they don't know it's almost at the point where it's like they they're so disconnected from the community because the community seemingly is always on their side that they feel like they can go get away with shit like this but i i'm not one of those people that even thinks that a game running at 30 frames is unplayable i it is playable and it's fine, but it's not when you're looking at next generation consoles, the promises that they made, and the fact that this is a game running in a U, uh, uh, Unreal Engine 4. It's a game that is not graphically that demanding, comparatively speaking, and they still can't figure it out. That's fucked up. Like, and I agree. Fuck it. Delay it. Delay yeah. the shit out of this game because it would be 
it would be horrible, and it would really suck because I know uh, some games have done it in the past where it's kind of like, oh man, that sucks. Is dropping the sixty frames patch a month after release or weeks mm-hmm. after release? Spider Man famously had you pick between sixty or uh, quality mode, and then after I finished Miles Morales, literally a week later, the the new mode came out that you can play both together. Oh yeah, with. VRR so, and performance RT. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, <laughs> oh man, that sucks. Because I wanted to play both. I struggled so much with that decision. I would hate for this to happen with this game because this game is, is going to be on a very short leash. It's going to be looked at very critically because it is the first first party game that Xbox has coming out that's next gen only. And the first one that that's a Bethesda game from that big purchase that they have that is next gen only. There's a lot of eyes on this, and it's it's very unfortunate that this is this is the, the what they're gonna give out. So delay <sighs> delay the shit out of it. Best best case scenario base case scenario July, you know whatever. Uh, maybe end of June whatever after all the hype is done. Whatever it takes just to, to to have this game run. At the very least, give us an option. Give us the options, just like a lot of games do. Give us the the 1440p, 60, 1080p, 60 frames. Give us the 4K, 30 frames options. Just give us options. Games like, uh, and I hate to do this, but games like uh, Forbidden West, games like uh, Ragnarok gave you the options to do that. And those games run on PlayStation 4 as well. So at this point, either someone's dropping the ball in Arcane, which is very possible. You know, maybe they're just not very good at certain things. This is the first time them using Unreal Engine. Not my problem. Uh, they're developers, and they should have figured this out yep. for a AAA game and all the money that Xbox has thrown at them to fix it. So they have to fix it. That's it. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's at yeah. a point right now where uh, Phil's assurances and his in, in, in his in, in, in his interviews and the things he says, they don't mean shit because right now we're we have yet to see the fruits of the labor of its labor, and this has been a long time coming. Uh, he said a lot of good things in the beginning. We still haven't seen those promises come uh, come into fruition, like I said, and it's getting a little frustrating because yeah. I'm a huge Xbox guy. Majority of my gaming is on Xbox. You know, I, I want to see them win. I want to I want to see Halo thrive. It didn't thrive. I want to see Gears do better. You know, do more. That's years away. I want to see the first party games really come out here and do their thing. And they spent money to do so. And they're unable to still, uh, you know, realize it. So it's frustrating as hell. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, there's a reason why their sales are not great right now. You know, I think they're getting outsold two to one at this point. I mean, no wonder. I mean, if you just there's not enough incentive to go and get an Xbox right now because all you do is you wait. And every time it's supposed to be Xbox's year air quotes it's never their year or or the year gets running up and running so late into the game that it's almost like i mean it, it, you, you just kind of squander the entire year so it's it's just ridiculous to me um I, I think with their sales tanking their game suffering Game Pass is sputtering too. It's not. It's not a very compelling service right now, to be honest. There's just not a lot working in Xbox's favor at the moment. So th- I mean, this this game has to be delayed to save some face and it, eat, eat the you know hold the L. You're this is what's going to come out in the next year. Thing failed miserably. Accept it, but don't let Redfall come out sandwiched between these IP and 
get sent to die. Don't yeah, let that happen. For Game Pass to be failing is because of the software. I mean, you have to have stuff to play. And right now, if you don't have that, then it's not going to go anywhere. Um, real yeah. quick, I, I want to say one thing about Xbox that uh, is kind of breaking news. Um, on the PC, they have the Ubisoft Premium account stuff where every first-party game that comes out brand new is free for people who, who uh, uh, subscribe to the service. That just released on Xbox. So for $17 a month, you can play all the new Ubisoft games that come out day one for anybody interested in that. I mean, that's something. But, you know, those cool those cool things would be really nice as an, as an aside to the first-party games that are supposed to be coming out. Yeah. Uh, this is supposed to be their year. They got to get it right because right now, you know, Minecraft Dungeons or whatever the fuck that game is. That ain't enough. It, that ain't that ain't gonna cut it. Uh and uh I, I my prediction is that they don't they don't um they don't delay it. They release it, they're desperate on content. Uh and I think uh because of how much of the hoopla they've given about this, regardless of how good the game is, I think there's still gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of negative to be said. Whether it's fair or unfair um, this game is already kind of DOA in a lot of ways, especially yeah. especially in the in the in the, in the space of uh, public opinion, uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, that's where we are, man. Man, come on, Xbox, we need you to get you, you gotta get your shit together, man. You you remember like the start of our podcast, dude? We yeah. were like we had segments about like the good, the 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 great, and the my god about Xbox, and we yeah because and and slowly it's just degenerated little by little, little, and now we're here in like two years time, dude. Like it's just unfathomable how bad this has gone for them this generation. It's yeah. it's just astonishing, it's a, and it's a- and and the people that just like religiously defend all of this are not helping matters either. It's like, yeah, I, there's those people, uh, I never cared. I, I'm still going to love it and I'm going to enjoy it. And it's still better than final fantasy. It's like, uh, that's boy. not helping anybody, bro. That's not it's, helping anyone. It's a weird loss. Like they lost some focus because I remember like, dude, back to back to back, like, Oh, fucking MLB. The show is on game pass. That's a fucking killer. That's a bomb. And then there was like uh, a whole bunch of third party games were coming out on, on game pass. Like they were feeding the frenzy. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. Yeah. And then nothing just like a fucking fart in the yeah. wind. I'm going to throw a hot take out before we move on though. Yeah. If they don't get their shit together within like the next year, I think Phil is going to resign. I don't think so. I think he's going to get fired. I mean, well, I think outwardly, like publicly, it'll be oh, a okay, resignation. Like, like yeah, you know, th- this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. It's a very much a what have you done for me but lately industry. So, here's the problem, Marco. I think that he's the best person for the job, and if Phil can't do it, I don't know. If there's anybody that can, and I, don't I think, know. and I think once Phil goes bye bye, I think we're going to start seeing, and you know, people have 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 talked about the demise of Xbox for a long time because it's such a new console, but 360 really revitalized it and they've just dropped the ball ever since. But I think that if the Xbox Series X is an abject failure in the way it's going, I think that next console generation, we might not see Xbox proper. We might see some kind of streaming service and them publishing games out to to, to other yeah. consoles. But I... I don't know. I, I would not. I, I don't. I don't want that. You know. I'm a. I'm, I'm a love Xbox, uh, and I, I love PlayStation. I just want consoles to, to release good games at all times. And uh, and 
uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Boom. A lot of tough times there. But uh, let's go ahead and move from that sour note and let's get into something a little more fun. Uh, let's go to our checkpoint chat, uh, which starts right now. It's time for the checkpoint chat. Marco, why don't you kind of tell us exactly what we're doing here at Checkpoint Chat today? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to pick the five things that happened in gaming history uh, that were so baffling or stupid that we were left asking ourselves, who wanted this? This could be games, this could be design choices, this can be devices or peripherals that came out, weird business practices or bizarre announcements and so on. But this is basically us just deciding the worst who wanted this shit moments in gaming history. And uh, me and Pablo have both picked uh, five uh, very egregious uh, choices here that we're sure many of you will uh, agree with and also grimace at yeah. uh, with us because, oh boy, some of this stuff is just, it's just yeah. bad. My, it's just my, so bad. And my list consists of things that affected me directly or, or things that pissed me off directly. Like I saw that. I'm like, what the fuck? Because people are going to expect things like the Power Glove and the Nintendo whatever VR thing that they had a long time ago. Oh. The the game, whatever. But we're not going to talk about that. We, that's already well-documented shit. We're going to talk about things that happened to us that affected yeah. us specifically and not um, always think- rage worthy like some of this is like laughably like this yeah. is just oh, yeah, stupid yeah, yeah, yeah. it's stupid yeah. and it doesn't make sense who do you want me to start off yeah go ahead go ahead what's your uh, number five pick here my number one of the worst f- who wanted this moments ever yeah you know i guess you could argue as to who wanted a playstation vita um apparently not a lot of people because PlayStation Vita was a failure. I think yeah. I thought the Vita was cool because it was this handheld PlayStation console in your hand. But how, what if it wasn't? What if they took the Vita and made it a micro console and only made it uh to play on certain TVs and on top of that uh made it to where not you can't play all Vita games. I'm talking about PlayStation TV. PlayStation TV is this little device that came out, and they labeled it as a micro console, and it was basically taking the portableness of Vita and making it a con- at-home console. The problem with that was is that it wasn't really compatible with a lot of games. Uh, a lot of cartridges just weren't read by the system itself, uh, and it took the concept, which was a fucking Vita which is a portable PlayStation device and made it a home console. Uh, it, it, it just, the PlayStation 3 transfers ba- barely ever worked as well. Uh, they, there was like a rent thing that you that you would pay um, for t- uh, titles that were working for the PlayStation Vita, but it was a really bad attempt to make the Vita, which PlayStation thought the reason it failed is because it was portable and make it a home console and it survived on the market for like months maybe and I don't yep. it was just the worst idea. It's like it's like taking uh it's like taking a a, a Game Boy or a, anything you would think and just stripping it of what makes it great and taking all the shitty stuff and putting it somewhere else. Because that's kind of what it was. It's like, I don't want to play a shitty looking Vita game on a TV. I just want to play the PlayStation version of that. It's like, it's, it's, there's a lot of shit that, that, that PS TV did. And it was just a piece of crap, really, to, to start off. 
Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, Nintendo did something like that with the Game Boy uh, on GameCube, I believe. Similar kind of thing, but it was actually good because it worked. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, um, but that? yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand it. Um, I'm going to keep with the theme of PlayStation because I'm going to go with 3D TV gaming, Pablo. Do you remember this? Do you remember oh, yeah. when 3D TVs were going to be the next big thing? Because that looked stupid. It looked <laughs> stupid from it looked stupid from day one. It was like this is not going to work, man. Like this is no one is going to want to like see everything in 3D. That's just not realistic. And the like I know like like PlayStation had their own TV at one point, like their own yeah. like branded TV for this too. Like they were really oh leaning my God, into I it with Killzone. It was, it was so on GameStop. Dumb. Yeah, it's like why I I hate when these console companies try to start a thing and no one asks for it. You know, yeah. like VR, I get VR because people that was always like the dream, like oh, well, you know, virtual reality, you know, it was always the cool thing. But like looking at a 3D TV was never it. It was never it because number one is it degraded the visual image quality of yeah. everything. Um it was a lot on the 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 hardware to to pull that off and like not everybody is very like receptive visually, like with their eyes and their vision to 3D. So, because they can give headaches and migraine, like it was just doomed to fail. So it it came and went in a flash. But I always look back on that, that era, and I was like, this is the stupidest shit. Like, I don't know why these companies are so afraid of just getting a console, a controller, and a fucking TV and calling it a day. Why do we got to do so much extra shit? Just leave it. Leave gaming alone. Let it be simple. But that was a time, among many other times throughout gaming, where it was like, nope, that's not enough. We need to innovate, and there was just no reason to do that. So that's why it's my number five. Yeah, and I think also it was like a resolution thing that was absolutely terrible with it. That's, I remember, yeah, yeah. I remember bad. them selling this at GameStop towards the tail end for like fifty bucks, and people still weren't a whole ass yeah. TV. And people yeah. still weren't buying it because it was just like not a good TV to begin with. My number four is the PlayStation Three. Wow, Price we really hate PlayStation right now. No, no, no. but yeah. the price. The, don't worry, we're, we're going to spread the love here in a little while. Uh, the PlayStation Three price reveal. Whoever wanted a PlayStation Three? Oh, everyone. Right. Okay. So coming yeah. off the the backs of the PS Two, the most successful console of all time, you think the PS Three was easy money for Sony? Guess what? Easy money wasn't enough. They just wanted more money. Two SKUs were announced, a 20-gigabyte version, a 60-gigabyte version, with a whopping price of $499 for the 20-gigabyte version, which today's standards, inflation, uh, take into account inflation, $733. And then the 60-gigabyte <laughs> version for $599, which is today uh, accounting inflation, $879. So imagine them announcing a console today for those price points. And of course, people were upset overpriced machine coming a year after the xbox 360 which was priced at 399 uh well sony responded with a very kind-hearted go get another fucking job you poor people <laughs> like, it's, it's basically what they literally said that they literally said it's a premium it's a premium console and if in order for you to afford it you might need to get a second job that's literally what they told people uh and but it uh, has ridge racer though pablo ridge yeah. racer and not, and not to not to mention, 
Not to mention games, right? And the fact that developing for the fucking machine was apparently a goddamn nightmare to begin with. So not only did Sony put put a hardship on us with our wallets, they put it on their own developers by apparently giving them a B-cell development, development chip, which is absolute hell and always possible. So, yeah, here's uh, here's this console that uh, is, is incredibly expensive. And fuck you, you won't see a lot of games on it because developers are struggling. That was horrible. I remember that specifically. I remember like, holy shit. Uh, and that was just a terrible time. And uh, I bought it on day one because I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, I know. I was waiting for that part. All that shit talking. Yeah, I it's, bought it. But, but, but man, tw- that, that was so, it was so overly expensive. Uh and, and I think I, I couldn't find this anywhere, but I remember at the time th- them saying like they were making like they were making like four hundred dollars per unit. Like they were making so much money off per unit. Like they could have cut off three to four hundred dollars off that damn thing and still made a profit. It was crazy, yeah. crazy times. Five hundred and ninety nine U.S. dollars, ladies and gentlemen. That For was time. sixty gigs. <laughs> and the controllers didn't rumble no more. Oh, uh, that's right. Oh my god. And it was a year after suit or whatever it was. Yeah, Yeah, dude. And it was a year after Xbox and you know Xbox were already thriving with their their price point. There was a lot, and then Xbox released a two ninety nine after. There was a lot there, but Xbox, to Sony's credit, they overcame. They overcame. Yeah, and you know the cool thing was the font on the PlayStation Three console was Spider Man font, so you have to like it, right? That's 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 what makes it premium. (laughs) Anyway, all right, my number four. Uh, this one's this one's a more recent one, but it's it, it's it is prevalent. It's just I'm thankful that it's not as bad as it could have been. But it's NFTs. Um, NFTs as a as a whole to me felt like nothing more than uh, a scam that was built to tap into this innate, almost instinctive side of us that wants to feel like we own things and things belong to us and this is only mine. The possessive side of ourselves, and I think that. This whole thing was meant to exploit that part of our brains. Um, and obviously, you know, it was only a matter of time before it was going to make its way over to gaming. And, you know, it's thankfully the backlash has been so strong that it's kind of made a lot of companies more uh, afraid of, of taking the, the leap, whereas other companies are still all about it, particularly Square and, and uh, Ubisoft was still kind of interested in it. Um, but overall, I think it it was so transparent and is so transparently, you know, blatantly like we just want to find a different way to get as much money out of you as possible. And we're going to make this thing that matters none feel like the most important thing in the world because only you have it. Um, yeah. I just don't like that kind of psychological shit. It feels really scuzzy to me and it makes me feel very distrustful of these companies that want to do that because there's just no, there is no actual incentive to these NFTs. I don't care what anybody says. And it, there's still people that swear by them to this day. Well, you just don't get it. No, you just don't get it. I mean, it, games don't run on NFTs and they're never going to. And these companies that are going to stick to their guns are going to try and fail, regret it and take the loss and move on. We just have to suffer through it for another five, ten years, you know, unfortunately, until these people get the memo. Yeah. Um, but I just hate the fact that they exist, and I hate that people in in those um, 
in those buildings are, are, are saying, well, people just don't get it yet. Let's keep at it. You know, people will come around, they'll, they'll figure it out. You know, the, the, the backlash is over. It's subsiding. Now it's time to kind of say, Hey, NFTs aren't really that bad guys. It, yes, they are. It, there's just a nefarious way to get more money out of people and, and nobody wanted it. So I think it belonged on this list. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I don't know anybody who ever's like, hey, you know what would be really cool? Uh, a game make really cool NFTs. And nobody's ever said that. Not anybody no. that I know of anyway. Um, you know, speaking of SCSI, Diablo Mortal announcement. Just put yourself in this mindset. Uh, there hasn't been a new Diablo game for a very long time. Blizzard has already said that they are working on the next mainline Diablo game. Blizzard's teasing a Diablo-type announcement at BlizzCon, no less. Everybody's losing their mind, and 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 everybody's and they're leaning on the possibility of the next Diablo. They're talking about oh Diablo's coming, like they they they're really setting this up. And finally, they announce it, and it is a fucking new mobile game. Mobile market just isn't what it used to be. I remember people treating games like Infinity Blade with the same passion as a new Mario game, but that's not the case anymore. Like you could see, like if there was if there was room and I, and I was in it, you would have felt the air being sucked out of it. It was just like they announced they're working on a new Diablo game. They announced they're gonna have a Diablo type announcement at BlizzCon. They're hyping everything up, and it is a fucking mobile game. Uh, and, and look, as it turned out, I guess. Uh, Diablo Immortals was a competent mobile game, but with predatory microtransactions. Like, what do we expect? What, what was going to happen? What's the reasoning behind all this? It's because they wanted to make money, and they showed out, and they used the hype of the Diablo fans, the Diablo community, the, the franchise's uh, laurels. They used all of that against you to, to, to sit there and, and, and be excited for something, and kind of them forcefully put this into the, into the, into the zeitgeist by getting all eyes on it as they possibly can, and then announcing it, this game, which in then turns, they were always... A, there was always going to be a game that was going to try to come for your wallet in ways that a lot of games uh, would be ashamed uh, to, to be doing. So it's just a horrible time. Uh, this is a little more egregious, I, I feel like, because it's like one of those things where imagine Nintendo be like, we have a new Zelda game coming. It's in development. By the way, next direct, we're going to announce something having to do with Zelda. What do you think it is? Oh, it's a new Zelda game is coming out. I can't it's believe an amiibo. it. <laughs> it's it's Link's new amiibo where he's where he's uh, on his knees and he has both his middle fingers out at you saying "fuck you, uh, you dummy." Like it's 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 like that. It was the equivalent of that. Yeah, it really. I mean, was. you know, it's bad when you're getting confronted by the audience literally yeah. on the announcement. Like, is this an April Fool's joke? When that guy stood up there, I'm like, damn. Yeah, it was it was horrible. And then they tried to appease it a couple of months later, a couple a year later, by releasing the game on PC, which was a terrible port to begin with. So not, not nothing to to run home about. But man, what a fucking shit show that was for sure. Yeah. Well, Diablo wasn't the only IP that had a who wanted this moment in gaming history uh, because my third pick here is Fallout 76. My God. Who? Who wanted this? Who was the person? Can who? I... Let's jump them. Let's attack them. And let's let's harass them on the internet, guys. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the epitome of what happens when companies are just not content with staying in their lane. Like, your bread and butter is 
Western RPGs. Why do you need to shake the formula up for the sake of shaking up the formula? Well, yep, money. All it was was about money. It was a money move. And again, it's just another one of these instances throughout gaming history where another blatant, transparent, beat you over the head obvious move was made to take an IP you love, sucker you in, and try to drain your money. And that's how Fallout 76 was born. It was also met with a bunch of very awful and inaccurate Todd Howard promises. It's the biggest world we've ever done. And it's the biggest this we've ever added. And it's the biggest this, this, this. And all None it was was it was an empty, bland game that had no people. <laughs> that had, you, were, you were taking quests from computers and robots. It wasn't until you got the DLC and the expansions later on down the line based off of the fan backlash where we actually got a Fallout that seemed to be a little bit like Fallout. But even then... I played then, that shit. That was not very good. And it still wasn't very good. That's what I was going to say. Like This just from top to bottom was a colossal mistake from Bethesda. But what was more egregious than the fact that it exists is that they just wouldn't sunset this bitch. Like, they just kept supporting it and supporting it. And every year when they had a Bethesda showcase, here's the latest to Fallout 76. Like, are you still trying <laughs> to get me to like this thing? Like, I think they still are. I think they still are. And, and you know, I think we've all been guilty of downloading this thing and trying it at some point. You know, <laughs> yeah. just out of morbid curiosity. Like, how bad was this? So people are just overreacting and there is a good game here with just some light online elements or is it that bad? No, it's that bad. Yeah. It's, it's that bad. And it just has no business existing in my life. So that's why it's here. Number three. Yeah, that's a good number three, man. That's such a terrible game. Number two for me. This might come as a shock for a lot of people, but you guys are fucking sheep and have been brainwashed by Nintendo Power, not the magazine, but the the, the overlords. It's the Switch Lite. Mm. Hey, the Switch comes out and it's about three years underpowered. It's already trash. A new Switch is coming. The Switch Lite. Are you fucking kidding? It's portable. So is the regular Switch. The regular <laughs> Switch is also portable. Like what are you talking about? No, but you can't, oh, but one caveat: you can't put it on a thing to make it a portable on TV. That's a huge yeah. caveat. That's huge. Most games run better, uh, you know, docked. That's just that's just what what it is. And the fact that you're taking that away for from players, so you can make the Switch a portable, a portable console. Having having a, a secondary skew to make it portable. Like, what are we talking about here? Nintendo is the king of this shit. They did that shit with the 2D, 2D XL. It's just a horrible looking XL without the flip. And it's cheaper for them to make. And they can just make a shitload of them because you, they know you're going to buy it. And I think the Switch Lite sold a shitload of, uh, of consoles. Yeah. And yep. it's it's ridiculous. We're in a state right now where we're about to have Tears of the Kingdom come out, and I'm very excited for the game. But in the back of my head, I'm a little worried because it's running on my fucking Switch. And the only the only reprise that I have is maybe I can see it a little better if I get an OLED screen. Like that's the only thing I get, and I don't want to do that because I'm going to play docked anyway. Unless you have a Switch Lite, <laughs> which you make a, a portable system portable without one of the great things that you can just fucking switch it. Matter of fact, the game is called Switch. 
the console's called Switch because you can switch it between handheld mode and dock mode, and now it's a Switch Lite without the ability to switch. It's a it's Nintendo switchless. without Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> he almost fell off his damn chair, y'all. I don't know if you it, noticed. It's a, it's a, the thing is, like, who really wanted this? There are a whole bunch of people out there that tell you they wanted this, but who really wanted this? This makes yeah. no sense. It was a ridiculous, easy thing to do because it was cheap to make, and they knew they would sell hundreds of thousands, and kids would play it. My nephews have it. They fucking have it under their bed somewhere because uh, they'd rather play the Switch, the regular Switch, because it, it actually you put it on TV. Like, it's we're, it, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. I know people will, will, will swear by this thing, but it's bullshit. It is bullshit. And if they look deep yeah. into the heart, they'll know they didn't want this shit. Companies love to, like, when they have something that's successful, well, well let's let's put out more skews. Let's put out more variants of this skew, because we want to, you know, we want to give people more more options to this, you know. And Nintendo's like one of the biggest and worst at this, probably the worst at this ever. Yeah. Um, they 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 constantly iterate, and sometimes it's 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 relevant and it matters. It's like Game Boy to Game Boy Advance. Like that, I, I sure that made sense. That's that was a big revelation for handheld gaming for sure. But then it gets to this little, like this teeny little. Well, this is a different form factor than that one. This yeah. one is shaped different and has a slightly longer battery life. This one only plays certain games that you can't play on the other uh, model of of this handheld. Like they love that shit. So when this Switch Lite came out, it was like, why is this here, dude? It's the insult, the insult, the intelligence of the people who who buy their consoles. Hey, honey, they made the Switch portable. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Again? Again? It's Everything but a Switch Pro, man. Everything yeah. but a Switch Pro. Everything but a Switch Pro. And not to mention, yeah. to, to finish this one off, horrible, horrible build. Joy, the, 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 the Switch lights had the worst Joy-Con drift out the box. Mm-hmm. It was, like, horrific. And it feels, if you ever held one in your hand, it feels like if you got mad enough in a smash uh, uh, yeah. fight, you it, would break that bitch in half. It's like it's gets like Fisher Price energy all over yeah, again. It really yeah, it's, does. It's it not. Really it's does. not a good time. Yeah. Um. All right, Pablo. My number two. This was a, this was damn near my number one. Uh, <laughs> my number two is Kiefer Sutherland as Big Boss. If you're a Metal Gear Solid fan, and this and and, and you heard raspy ass Kiefer saying, "Kept you waiting, huh?" That's not how he says it, man. Where's David Hayter? Oh, you didn't want him. Why? Eh, no reason. I just because because Kojima loves Hollywood. He loves I rubbing mean, elbows with people from Hollywood. There is a Hollywood. reason, but it's still not good enough. Ain't good enough. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to hear nothing. Yeah. This this voice of Snake has been so iconic through so many amazing, timeless, classic games. You have. Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, then obviously Snake Eater with Big Boss. You you follow up Snake Eater with Metal Gear Solid 5. He's Big Boss again, only you have him being voiced by someone completely different, and there's no explanation as to why. That makes sense. Not only do you do that, but guess what? Then the motherfucker barely talked. So you, 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 you changed voice actors. I guess he was charging on a per-word basis or something. <laughs> so then you get him in there, this guy says about four words throughout the entire game and roll credits. What a great call. It was so uh, it was so unimportant to do this. It, it added no value to the to the game whatsoever. All it did was it took things away 
and it made this this Hollywood chic project that Kojima wanted. And, you know, and that's why every other fucking picture of him on social media is him put his, his arm around Norman Reedus and his arm around this person and that person. He just wants to be in that scene so fucking bad. And it got to the point where he was willing to completely Sacrifice. shake the foundation of his arguably the, the best character he's ever made. I don't even think it's arguable. No, it is. It, it is. It you is. shake it up for just for the sake of getting Hollywood, and it it did not work. A lot of other things about Metal Gear Solid Five didn't work for me, but this to me was just the most egregious part of it all because it never felt good. I never got used no. to it. It was just bad, bro. No, now to say this about that is the reason behind the the, the voice changes because you're not playing the actual big boss, you're playing an imposter. Who gives a fuck? Solid yeah, Snake but then is the a, real is big boss is in there too. And I know it's still Kiefer. Exactly, and 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 also Solid Snake is is voiced by Hater, which is if, if big boss is Hater or vice versa. Like even though it's a clone, like there's just so many different things happening that your explanation doesn't make sense. Sort of like an explanation for uh, for quiet, but regardless of that, photosynthesis, <laughs> uh, breathing. But um, <laughs> but listen, uh, yeah, that was it, it's it's another. He was willing to sacrifice, like you said, his most iconic character just so he can say starring Kiefer Sutherland. That's trash. That's yeah. That's that that's trash. Yeah. Uh, speaking of trash, Xbox One reveal. Mm. Uh, you guys remember that one, one huh? Damn. Yeah, that's because it because it is it is it is the beginning. I don't want to say the end, but it's the beginning to what, where we are right now. Where Phil had to come in and rescue the Don Matrick project, and then slowly but surely try to lift it up, and he still hasn't taken it out of the fucking hole that Xbox One put itself in in one day. He decided Don Matrick decided to making the follow up to the Xbox 360 just wasn't enough. In fact, he started to basically try to make something else that was entirely different. Imagine being the newest console company on the block and nailing it with your second console ever, and then you diverge from that completely a true 360 from all that bullshit. And what you do is you have the concept of the one, the all-in-one entertainment platform, which, by the way, isn't new. PS3 and Xbox 360 flirted with that, with their, you know, with that stuff. But now you sign uh, entertainment companies, production companies, signing major deals with them. You put DVR integration. You're talking more about how this functions as a DVR than you are as how it plays as a video game console. Then the promises of the future uh, about how future games are going to have a component to the entertainment to it. Like, now you're putting the onus on developers to not only make video games, which is fucking hard, but also make full-length uh, movies or possible live-action stuff. Uh, ridiculous. Oh, what game you got? Oh, Peggle 2. Yeah, that, I forgot about that. You got Peggle 2 <laughs> as a video game. The, the, everything that the Xbox did, OG Xbox did, to make the Xbox 360 possible, to then Xbox 360 for a long time beat the brakes out of Sony, that's huge. Nailing it on your second try. And in one fucking day, you completely talk about your Xbox One vision and you destroy everything you build on one day. They say Rome wasn't built in, in a day. They sure as hell fucking destroyed it in a day because they completely fucked that shit up. And the price point was ridiculous because of everything, you know, in terms of where they were in the economy. 
it, it was a a series of comical horrific events that now have us here in this moment where Phil has spent years excavating for the body of what the Xbox 360 was and <laughs> he's finally excavating. pulled it out and he's trying to revive it. He's Damn. giving it CPR. He's giving it mouth to mouth with some extra oh. tongue and oh, he God. still hasn't been able to, to revive it all because of this one day Don Matrick decided to take the Xbox uh, team <laughs> and decide, hey, we're not going to make just a console. We're going to make an all-in-one entertainment system called the Xbox One. And they said yes, fucking up Xbox trajectory in the console uh, world for t- for time to come. And, and, and god damn it. It's you so know, frustrating. It really is. Something in the, in the brain cells, bro. <laughs> I don't know, man. One day. I got Phil in my to- brain. Tonguing something. Tonguing down an Xbox One, bro. Ugh. <laughs> That's just nasty. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and that, and you forgot the connect too. Oh. Then they I, wanted I, to shove that shit down everybody's throat. Yeah, now, now we want to um, watch you. Project Milo, and they, they, of course, they got the the fucking uh uh steak oil uh seller, the best of all time, P, uh, P, uh, P, uh, Peter Molyneux, coming yeah. out here talking about Project Imagine Milo. The tall. Yeah. Where you can talk to. <laughs> A fake child. Oh, I don't think that game ever came out. And if it did, it no, wasn't it anything. Yeah, it's just a fucking a Milo series died. of terrible events, all perpetuated by a fucking yeah. uh, corporate boss who decided he knew better than making just a video game console. Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not too far out of the way from my number one, which is Google Stadia. Ugh. Man. As if the Google graveyard is not already packed to the brim enough, Google decides at some point in their little rickety-ass life, we want to get into the gaming space. Oh, great. <laughs> rickety-ass life. Yeah, because you you have your finger on the pulse of what gamers want, don't you, Google? You Jesus. just know exactly how to break through and get in here and get in good, don't you? No, you don't. And it showed right from the outset when they had that initial showcase where they unveiled the Google Stadia thing and, um, you know, the president of CEO of Google walked out there and the first thing he says is, I'm not a gamer. Oh, great. Thanks. This is going to go great. And so all he talked about is, you know, well, you know, but I I do like FIFA. (laughs) And it's like, oh, great. So you guys... You guys have no idea what the fuck you're doing here. You just kind of thought, well, there's a piece of the pie we want. Let's go make something. And so, you know, look, I'll give them credit for the architecture of the Stadia being interesting. Obviously, you know, gaming is heading into a very cloud-driven future. So I think that, you know, what they were trying to do in essence made some sense. It's just they were the wrong company to do it. And they had the wrong pitch to do it because they, they, they were Google, number one. And number two is they were trying to solve a problem that didn't exist. Right. I remember vividly them being on stage showing a game and they had a tablet next to a phone, next to a TV, next to a laptop. And they showed this person playing the game on their phone, then going over to the TV, playing it on their TV, then going over and playing it on their laptop. And I just sat there and I thought, what the fuck scenario is that for for the <laughs> average gamer? 
who is like, I can't, I have to, okay, I'm going to put this on my phone, put it down. Okay. Now I'm on the, now I'm on the train. I got to do this. Okay. Now I have Wi-Fi on my laptop. I'm no one goes through that kind of a problem. So the architecture was great. The pitch was not. And so it was just doomed to fail. And it, it, it never made sense to anybody. They didn't have a strong first party lineup. Uh, most of the stuff on the service was, were old games that people had already played. Um, the the conveniences that they spoke of when it came to being able to switch from different devices or the other thing where it was like, well, you get instant updates whenever there's patches. I mean, how inconvenient is it to download a, a, a title update these days? Yeah, it takes a few minutes. Most of the time they download overnight. It's right. not a problem anymore. Like, what is the inconvenience they're trying to solve for by being a console gamer? Why? Because I had to buy a console? Well, guess what? I did, and I get to play the exclusives that come out on it. Beat Unless that, Google. Yeah, and they just they they couldn't beat that. So it the the entire idea, the entire notion that Google was going to come in here and you know stomp their feet and, and and make their presence felt in the gaming space was hilarious from the get go. I think we all knew that. I think we were all in on the joke of just waiting to see when they when they were going to drop dead, and it happened. And now they you know it's just in the junk. It's it's in the trash like everything else they've done outside of Chrome and Gmail. And in YouTube, and they're moving on to the next dumb thing that they're going to fail at next. It's it's a lesson that if you step into the gaming space, you better come correct because even I don't care how big you are, you can be Google, you can be Amazon, doing the Luna thing that they're doing, and that's gaining no traction whatsoever. Like you can be a big name in every other space in the world, but when you step into the gaming realm, you got to have something to offer, or else you're just gonna you're gonna be the embarrassment of the industry, and that's what happened to Google. So nobody wanted you, man. That's why they're nobody, my number one. Nobody wanted you. Yep. That's a good yep. one. That's a good number one. That was a good time indeed. Uh, we hope that you wanted this episode in your life. Hope you enjoyed this, but that is going to do it uh, for me and Pablo here this week. Until next time, guys, be sure to give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed this. And don't forget, we're on Instagram and Twitter at It's Cooldown Time. So follow us there to keep us in your FOV in between episodes. Pablo, it's a good time. Thank you for the laughs. Thank you for the memories. We'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Take care. Tears of the kingdom. I love your body. Ah, God, it's so oily. All right. Make me feel good.